This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. We have just four days left of the transfer window and there does seem to be an air of apprehension and nervousness as our rivals, rivals uh, sign the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, Romelu Lukaku, um, Jack Grealish. Uh, We, on the other hand, are still looking for that main marquee signing, which, let's be real, is not going to be happening in this summer window. Uh, And the Arsenal have definitely spent their money on bulking out the squad with as much quality as possible. A necessary job, but one I feel should have been secondary to a couple of positions that have not yet been addressed whether they will be addressed in the final days of the window is yet to be seen but i know that you guys are very getting more agitated and frustrated i suppose as we close down the final days i hope you're good i hope you're well this morning though please make sure you do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on apologies that i wasn't my exuberant self yesterday uh in the uh, 8 a.m show a couple of you (laughs) A few of you left comments saying, what's wrong with Tom? I was uh, away on kind of a, a, an evening, uh, like a, a night stay somewhere with my other half anniversary thing. Uh, and there was other rooms very close by. So I didn't want to be too loud for obvious reasons. And so that's why I was a lot more monotone than I usually am. So uh, back to the usual self today. Um, now, the Manchester City game, of course, is played today. And I'll come on to that in a second, though. Please do vote for us in the uh, Best Club Content Creator category, Premier League, uh, for the Football Content Awards. Link to all of that is in the description. If you have Twitter, you just need to go to www.votefortgt.com and you can vote for us there. Um, But today's reaction show will not be straight after the game. Uh, As I've said numerous times with my new job at Football London and Reach, I am working most of the games and I am indeed working the Manchester City game today. Uh, My shift ends at six o'clock, so I am hoping to be doing a reaction show around that time. So make sure you tune in for that at six. That is when we will be going live on the channel to talk about today's game, which is, of course, a big one in a number of respects and in others, not so much. Because I I think, and I know that a lot of you will agree with me, that we... I certainly believe anyway that this is a bit of a a gimme um, 
give me points if you want sort of game <laughs> because I don't see any points being given to us uh, or being gained today in my most optimistic way possible. I just don't see it. Um, but that is that is the problem, unfortunately. And and anything from the game is a bonus. But we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed the boys can get a result. And at six o'clock, we've got something good to talk about. Um, but I'm not getting my hopes up, that's for sure. Let's go on to the news, though, for today. And we start off with uh, Willian, uh, who, of course, we know is edging ever closer to a move to Corinthians. And yesterday, Brazilian reports have said that the move has never been closer which is obviously a fantastic bit of news for Arsenal, knowing that we're going to move on a player that has been a bit of a pain in the backside for a lot of Arsenal fans, it's probably fair to say. And especially in terms of Arsenal's finances, he's been a bit of a problem too, because he's costing us a hell of a lot of money and not doing a lot for it. So seeing him leave is going to be good, but there is obviously the caveat that Arsenal will still probably have to pay a portion of of his wages. Another player that could yet lead the club and looks very likely uh, to stay is Alexander Lacazette. Whilst there was some rumours that he could go this summer, it is growing ever increasingly likely that he will remain with Arsenal. Uh, Get French Football News uh, reported yesterday that despite uh, agencies offering Lacazette to a number of high-profile clubs, his wages, his price, all of the above, have basically turned them off to a deal when he have one year left on his current contract. What will happen with Lacazette beyond this season is still very much unknown. No word of a contract being offered at this moment in time. Nothing in regards to kind of talks even happening. This seems to be, for me, right now, I get the sense this will be a end of the year, leave Arsenal part ways, and Arsenal will move into the summer 2022 window with the eye on getting another striker into the club. But Lacazette set to stay at Arsenal this summer. A player that could, however, be leaving very soon is Miguel Aziz, who was, as we know, spotted at Portsmouth's training ground. But that did, ironically, alert a number of other clubs to the fact that Miguel Aziz was available for loan and that there have supposedly been some discussions behind the scenes with Arsenal. However... Portsmouth still appear the most likely team to get Aziz on loan this season. It's a good move for him. League One, I think, is a league in which he will play regularly. Would I have rather seen him play regularly in the Championship? Absolutely. But I just don't think that the Championship was a more likely destination this summer um, for an 18-year-old. League One's a great chance for him. Play week in, week out. Next season, we'll assess in the summer, is he ready for some senior game time? If not, move that step level up to the Championship and, uh, and then go from there. He's a great player, and I'm looking forward to seeing him go. So that's the two of the four likely departures. The two other likely departures are also from the academy. We've got uh, Ryan Alabiosu and uh, Tim Akinola, both of them whom are expected to leave the club on loan before the end of the summer window. Um, really important that these young kids get some more experience out. And I mean, Akinola, for instance, joined us, I believe it was from Huddersfield in the same summer that we signed Jonathan Dinzei from Spurs. Both of them arrived at a very similar time. Akinola's done impressed during his time with the youth team and they feel that alone would be uh, the right move for him. Same with Valabiosu and uh, we wish them the best of luck should they get that loan and we'll let you know if indeed they do leave the club on loan before the close of the window. Now, Eddie Nketiah, we know, was garnering interest from 
um, Crystal Palace and the Athletic let us know that they were willing to pay a figure in the region of £10 million for Eddie Nketiah. Edu and Arsenal, however, were wanting a bit more than that. In fact, in fact, quite a bit more, £20 million in total, double the amount that they were looking for. And I said previously that I thought it would have been smarter if Arsenal just said, you know what, He's got a year left on his deal. He's barely played any senior football at a very high level. And his contract offer that was on the table has been solidly rejected thus far. Take the 10 mil and run. Arsenal didn't do that. And because of that, Crystal Palace have now switched their sights to another target and specifically Real Madrid striker Borja now, he is currently on loan with Roma on a two-year loan deal of which he completed it last season. 17 goals for Roma last season. He's set to continue this year. However, Roma didn't allow him to leave the club to uh, the to Japan in the Olympics this summer. And Real Madrid are said to be a little bit irritated by that. And therefore, Crystal Palace have seen this as a bit of an opportunity to discuss the possibility of Mayoral joining Palace on loan for the rest of this season, meaning that a move for Eddie and Ketia would not be done. And that is a bit of a problem, considering the fact that Arsenal could have been in line to gain around £10 million from this deal had they accepted a early discussion or an early inquiry about his price. Really frustrating. If Eddie is going to stay this season, he's going to go for free at the end of the year. I don't see a contract being signed. I'd be very surprised if that was the case. So not getting a £10 million boost when you've already got someone like following Balogun coming through. I know that Eddie and Ketty right now, you would argue, is at a later stage of development. But let's be real, the future of both of those players is very different from an Arsenal perspective. Selling Nketia for £10 million made a lot more sense, keeping Balogun, uh, giving him more opportunities this season. Now it looks like if Eddie does stay, he would actually be ahead of Balogun in the pecking order, which could then stop Balogun from getting even more minutes that he needs to this season, which is a real shame. So we'll see. Things can change in the last few days of the window, and maybe Crystal Palace will find uh, either Meyer out or Enketia, or another club may come in for Enketia. But this is a big shame and a big costly mistake, in my opinion, for Arsenal. Now, there is only one incoming that we need to talk about, which is a little bit concerning considering how much we need to, <laughs> incomings before the end of the window. We do need to add one, maybe two players. And Kieran Trippier's proposed move to Arsenal has gone completely silent. If anything, Manchester United have taken a lead in that race. And with Eve Basuma, he now looks... And when I, I use these words carefully, he looks the most likely of any player to join. That doesn't mean he is close. That doesn't mean the deal itself is likely. He is just the most likely. And I say that because the only reports that are currently out about a possible incoming Arsenal, besides these our whispers that I don't really lean too much into, is the fact that Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United have all inquired about a possible price at the end of the window for Yves Basuma. And if Arsenal are going to get him, that would require an incredibly um, forceful tactic in the market to convince Basuma to join Arsenal over their Champions League participating rivals. I would be shocked to see Arsenal get in Basuma before the end of this window. Very, very shocked. I don't expect it to happen. If he is going to move, I would expect it to be for Liverpool. It is growing ever more likely that Arsenal end this window without any more incomings, which looks to be a bit of a shame. Um, we deal with what we've got. The starting eleven without any more additions, I think, is a very decent starting eleven, but it's not one that I would have ever banked upon being a top four contender. 
be it a top six contender. Uh, and that is a real shame um, because I thought this season was going to be an absolute opportunity without European football to push for maybe getting back into that top four and then the 2022 summer being a very key window. But that is looking ever increasingly unlikely. Am I confident that my prediction of three more signings, which included Ramsdale and Erdogan, will happen? It's growing less confident by the day. That's for sure. Let's complete the news there, though. And thank you ever so much for tuning in for the news. There is still, of course, the opportunity for you guys to ask some questions in the chat box. So please do throw them in there and we will go through as many of them as feasibly possible. Thank you very much, Shaheen, from the Arsenal Lounge. I'm assuming it's you. It could be Lev. Who knows? Um, but Shahid, I assume it is you. Thank you so much for the donation. Really appreciate it, mate. Uh, Shahin says, uh, Edu and Arteta has a lot to answer for. It's just sad, us Arsenal fans, seeing all of these transfers unfolding in front of us. And we have spent more than them three days to save the window. Go and get Bissouma. Uh, go check out the Arsenal Lounge if you haven't already. I've featured on the show with those fantastic group of guys. Uh, and we'll be doing so throughout the season. I look forward to, should time uh, permit as well. So I'm looking forward to that. But I agree with Shahin. It's a real opportunity this window. We've missed it. We've got a couple of days to save ourselves. It just doesn't look particularly likely right now. But thank you again, mate. Uh, let's go through into the chat box and go through some of your questions. Vashan says, uh, uh, United managed to complete a deal within a day. Why does it take us over a month to complete any transfers? I think the deal with this, the situation with Ronaldo was obviously very different. Um, it came out very quickly that he wanted to leave. Manchester City was said to be interested. I think that made Man United panic, if I'm very honest. And they've then pushed to complete a deal for Ronaldo whilst knowing that if he'd have gone to City, that would have been massively detrimental to the image, to the competitiveness in the league. And they had, I, I think in my opinion, uh, Man United had to do that deal. They absolutely had to get Ronaldo and they could not allow him to go to Manchester City. It's costing him about £50 million, possibly more, to get that deal done. Um, and we will wait and see how Ronaldo gets on in the Premier League. I'm I'm not going to lie. From a neutral perspective, if I if I take my Arsenal hat off for a second, I'm buzzing to see him back in the Premier League. I love watching football. I love football beyond almost anything bar the other half. And to see Ronaldo back in the Premier League is a massive boost to the Premier League's profile. To be working in football this year with Ronaldo back in the Premier League is just an absolute privilege. I appreciate him as, as, as a player. I appreciate him. As a person, much less so. Uh, much, much less so. But from a footballing perspective, I think it's great for the Premier League. I think this has been an amazing transfer window in general. But from an Arsenal perspective, it has very much been... It's very, very much been a disappointment um, and an opportunity missed despite the amount of money that we have, in fact, spent. Uh, Drizzy says, how can we expect top four with transfer windows like this, man? Exactly, Drizzy. I, I absolutely 100% agree with you, not only from an Arsenal perspective, but when you see Manchester City being able to spend 100 million on one player, Man United bringing in Varane, Sancho, Ronaldo, when you see uh, uh, Chelsea bringing in Lukaku, they could, could yet still bring in Jules Kunda and Saul Niguez. Liverpool haven't necessarily added loads this summer. In fact, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to think of who they have brought in this summer. Who did they, who have Liverpool brought in? They've surely they brought in El Canate they've brought in. Who who have Liverpool brought in? <laughs> I'm trying to think now who they've actually signed. Um if I was a Liverpool fan, and that is in fact what's happened, they brought in Canate. That is that is it. That is all they've brought in this summer. They've I mean they've made 24 million. 
and they've spent 36 mil. When you think about it, and we genuinely look at a club like Liverpool competing at the top level, they've been able to go into this window, spend 36 mil. I mean, last window, how much did how much did Liverpool spend in the last window? I'm not sure sp- they spent... Uh, sorry, not the last window, the one before that. They spent 74 million on Jota, Thiago and Shimakas. But the season before that, I'm sure they spent like barely anything, if at all. Minamino came in in January and then set Van der Berg. They spent nine million quid. So over the course of three years, Liverpool have averaged a spending of about 30, just over 30 mil. And yet they're title challengers. They won the league in that time. They won the Champions League. It's honestly like that. that is a well-run club. Uh, and I strive to want to be able to see our club be at that level. And that's what frustrates me is that I don't necessarily necessarily want and I'm desperate for a huge billionaire owner to take over Arsenal that's going to invest loads of money because I'd, I, you know, I'd love for Arsenal to achieve what Liverpool were achieving and I'd much rather Arsenal did it that way. It's just so frustrating to see that it's possible and, and you know, it's it's really frustrating. It's really, and it is messy. Uh, Raf says it's so disheartening. Um, it, it's between the uh, the difference between us and Liverpool is that the signing of the right players and coach. It's a well run club, and you're absolutely spot on, Raf. It is exactly that, and that's the difference between us and not just Liverpool, but so many other teams. Is that the, the decision making process over a long period of time? I think the decision making process over the last say two to three years, from a recruitment point of view, has been better it's not been great but it's been better than what we've experienced over the last 10 years some of the likes of Partey and Tierney and Martinelli and Ben White and Gabriel and Erdogan some of these players is a lot better and it's definitely a step in the right direction Lokonga another example but it's when you look at it over the long term we've fallen behind and that whilst we can have a decent window a decent window for Arsenal is just not enough anymore it's just not enough to allow us to compete and so therefore when we push into like any season, we're so far behind now that if we are going to catch up, it is going to require big investment from the current owners that we have or from a different owner that I hope is not associated with anything rather dodgy. As I'm probably going to do a separate show talking about all that stuff. And by the way, a Qatari takeover is looking exceptionally unlikely right now. Uh, from doing the research and writing the articles on it, it it's not a realistic it's not a realistic thing right now. In fact, we're probably going to go and do some more research on it, to be honest. It is, yeah, that's it. Clock Orange says, uh, it's the most that Tom comes to ranting. Nice to see. Um, look, I, I don't mind rants. Like Rants are fine as long as they're kind of measured and the points that you're making are level-headed. When you're just swearing and blinding and abusing players in a rant or the manager or whatever, it's just not. It's not constructive. There's nothing, there's no point of a rant unless what you're saying has got any point or or construction to it or criticism that's actually like, you know, has thought behind it. So yeah, I'll I'll happily have a rant here and there, but it's not going to be swearing and blinding at players or the manager or the owner or whatever. It's going to be, look, this needs to happen. This is why, here's the solution. Why aren't we doing it? That, that's, that's the crux of you know, a successful rant, if you like. Wesley says, if we get Basuma and Trippier, is our mood then completely changed? Absolutely, Wes. Because that's the two key positions that Arsenal had to go into this window to target. We had to go in and target a right-back upgrade. We had to go and target a centre-mid upgrade. We have done neither of those two things. I'm not saying that we didn't need a backup left-back, backup keeper, extra strength in the centre-midfield, adding another attacking midfielder like Erdogan back again. We had to do that too. 
But if you're looking at the window from perspective of, say, three months ago, what were the two key areas that Arsenal had to upgrade in, not provide cover in, but upgrade in? It was central midfield and it was right back. And we have not achieved those two targets in the window, which leads to this window, in my opinion, being a failure, despite spending this amount of money with still four days left. It will not be a failure if we add one of those two key positions as an upgrade. It will not be what I would describe as a success. I would say it's somewhere in kind of a grey area in between the two. But it's, it is a real disappointment to me that we didn't push for the upgrade in centre midfield. I know that Xhaka stayed. I understand the reasons why Xhaka stayed. I understand not accepting a £9 million bid, which is basically what it accumulated to from Roma. But it's not an excuse to not still add a player, especially when you have other centre midfielders that you could have moved on and arguably should have moved on for very minimal fees, if that, like Maitland-Niles, like Elneny. We could have moved them on. So there's no excuse in my mind that we didn't improve those two key positions. If you wanted more money for Bellerin, tough. It's a tough window to get money for players that you don't want, except a lower fee. We've made the mistake with Eddie and Ketia as well and looking like we're going to miss out on 10 million for him. It's just a real shame that this window is what it is. Uh, Tanaka says, uh, when Liverpool get 20 million for Brewster, we praise them. When Arsenal hold out for 20 million on Eddie, why do we say that they should yield to a 10 million offer from Palace? Because of the situations, Tanaka. Liverpool have built up a reputation of having to... If you want to buy a player from Liverpool, you can, you can talk to them, but they're going to turn around and be like, look, this is the price. If you want him then you can have them at that price. Because we don't need the money. We're a well-run, self-sustaining club that has sold exceptionally well in the past with sales like Coutinho, sales like Suarez, etc. They've bought very well. Yes, there's been a few issues in the past, but they are mainly in the past. And what they've done more recently is invest in players that have actually given them solid output, your Jotas of this world. Mane costing, like, what, between 30 and 40? Salah costing between, what, 30 and 40? It's amazing bits of investment. Canate cost them a buyout clause, I think it was, just over £30 million. The differences between that and Arsenal is that Arsenal have had to pay players to leave in the past. Everyone knows that Arsenal have had to pay players to leave in the past. We're desperate for money. We're desperate because we are as well meant to be a self-sustaining club. So we have to make to spend. And our history of selling players is dreadful. So when Crystal Palace see a player like Eddie Nketiah with one year left on his deal, having rejected a contract offer and having barely played any senior football and Arsenal turn around and go, we want 20 million. They go, are you mad? We'll go off to Real Madrid and say, let's go and get bought by uh, Borja Moyaral on loan for a season. And then next year, when that loan has finished, Nketiah will be out of contract and we can nab him on a free transfer. Why on earth? Would Crystal Palace say, yeah, you know what? We'll spend 20 million quid on Eddie Nketiah. They're not going to do that. So that hopefully gives some insight into why we're never going to see that amount of money at all. That's that's the issue. Scott, I'm going to get some predictions from people at the end. Um, so we will be getting your predictions, people, in the chat box. Don't you worry. Hold out on those. I'll let you know when we're going to go through them. I saw some other questions slightly higher up. So let me make sure I scroll up so I didn't miss them. Let's go to, oh, first of all, thank you to Olu, I believe it is. Uh, thank you so much for joining up as a, a member, mate. Really appreciate it. Enjoy your time with your extra benefits in the chat and the Discord server. 
Um, Steph says, did anyone notice that West in the West Brom game, Mikel didn't celebrate any goals? I'm not surprised. I mean, it, <laughs> we're against West Brom's B team. We should be scoring goals against them. So I'm not surprised that we necessarily didn't, um, you know, that we didn't. Dan, Tom predicted, like, apologies that there wasn't a preview show. I'm going to be doing a lot more preview shows throughout the season. It's just because I was away last night. I wasn't able to get to it. And uh, I'm not actually away that much. Um, in the coming weeks and months, other than, well, some weekends I am, but it's weekends more than anything. In terms of a predicted lineup, predicted is different to what I want. My prediction is Leno, Chambers, uh, Holding, Marie, Tierney, Lakonga, uh, um, Lakonga, Xhaka, Erdogan, Smith Rowe, Saka, Abamier. That's my predicted lineup for the day. What I would like us to do, uh, and you can actually go and read what I'd like us to go and do um, over on Football London. Uh, Kai Kynak should have uh, released. Yes, here it is. Let me just post that in the chat box so you can read it with some more explanation. There you go. Um, it's in the chat box. But in regards to kind of um, my my wanted lineup, I want us to go for a back three. I desperately want to see us go for a back three. I want it to be a back three of Chambers, Holding and Tierney. I want to see Maitland-Niles playing right wing back. I want to see Tavares playing left wing back. I want Xhaka and Lokonga at centre mid. And I want Saka, Smith-Rowe and Aubameyang as a front three, kind of a 3-4-2-1 with the two number 10s kind of operating there. That's what I would do. I don't think we will do that. I think we're going to be naive again. I hope I'm wrong, but we'll wait and see. Jashar says, Tom, question, how many? Uh, how can a window be rated 7 out of 10 Uh by most and be considered a failure. Surely a failure is a three out of 10. It's obviously context, Jasha. It's a good question. I would say that everything that we've done, we've needed to do. And that's the difference. A foul, an absolute failure, which is your threes to fours, would have been not getting those two key targets and not getting other positions as well that we needed. But because we needed to do so much and we did get a lot done, I rate it around a six because of what we did do. We still got in positions that we needed, but it's not a success. For me, a success is over an 8 out of 10. Anything below an 8 is a failure, in my view, for a window. And you have to be targeting your 8 out of 10 windows, minimum, for it to be a success. So that's 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 the difference. Um, Mikhail says, Tom, why is a takeover increasingly unlikely? Because it's just, it's just not likely to happen. There are, are loads of reasons. Um, I mean, the person that's tweeting, just for your information, on his own, does not have the ability to buy Arsenal Football Club. From from everything that I understand, he alone does not have the ability. If he was to form, say, a consortium of people, then maybe. But he alone does not have the capacity. You've also got to remember who Arsenal's sponsor is for a second. You've also got to think about, you know, the, the re reaction to that and how other takeovers have been difficult. There are a number of options. I'm going to go into a lot more detail in an article that I'm going to be putting out, hopefully later today, um, maybe maybe next week onto why it won't happen or why it's very, very unlikely to happen. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just not very likely. And uh, the, the Cronkies don't need to sell. If you think about it, Arsenal's market value and their actual value and how far apart they are is crazy. So there you go. Steph says, Tom, why in this club and the people in charge lying to us? They said they want to competition in every position. Who does Elneny and Jack or the right backs? How do you make the same mistake? I mean, arguably, they are competing. They're just competing with other players that are quite mediocre. We've got four right-backs. They're all competing, but they're not great, any of them. They're not top class. Centre midfielders, I mean, Bar Partey, Lukonga is still very much a, a kid. I'm not going to judge him off two games. But Elneny and Xhaka, Xhaka is just above average. Elneny is below average. 
So it's there's competition for places. It's just between players that aren't that great. That's that's kind of the situation. Uh, Mr. Harrison Carnaby says, hi, Tom. What do you think about Pedro Porro from Sporting? I like him. I liked him when he was at Girona. Obviously, he's part of the City Football Group. He spent time on loan at Sporting last season. I don't know what's actually happened to him. I haven't followed what happened to him this summer. Has he left? Uh, is a Spanish football plays on loan? Is he on loan again this season at Sporting? Uh, or is it a two-year loan? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was a two-year loan. So he's, an, he's on uh, for another year at Sporting. Um, but he's on loan from City. But I, yeah, I like him a lot. But I, again, it's, it's a difficult situation because he's on loan. Ajit says, Tom, would you take Wilshire on pay-as-you-go basis? I remember, I remember my days when phones were on pay. Do you remember? Are you old enough to remember phones on pay-as-you-go? Oh, dear. Um, he is better than all of our central midfielders, bar Partey. I don't agree with you, Ajit. Look, I, I am the biggest admirer of, of Jack Wilshire. I would definitely offer him a, a place at the club at the point his career comes to an end um, because he deserves it. Absolutely. He has had to fought, fight tooth and nail. His interview with David Ornstein was great. Um, and I do think there is a stigma against his injuries. I think he's been incredibly unlucky. I think he's had to deal with some ridiculous impact challenges. You remember the one, I think it was against Manchester United. He had to deal with a stupid challenge from Gabriel Paulista in training. And both of those two things ruled him out for an incredibly long time. But I don't think right now it'd be a smart decision with all of the, you know, all of the empathy in the world, I just don't think it's the right decision. He's not better than a Laconga. He's not better than Xhaka. He's not better than Partey. He's probably not better than Elneny right now, unfortunately. That's just the realistic situation. Um, so, no. Sorry. <laughs> yes, Matt. Call me back. I've got no credit. Oh, those are the days. So, Hill says, Tom, do you think uh, the owners have invested or is it the club's finances that is being used for signings? Uh, it's the club's finances, mate. The owners have not put any money into this club whatsoever that have been used on transfers. Facts. It's just not... Just, other than what they spent to buy the shares, which is obviously an investment, and it's, you know, they've not lost that investment because arguably the club still managed to increase in value just because of how natural inflation, I suppose. But they have not put any money of theirs into a Ben White, into a Gabriel, into a whoever. No, they haven't. I was previously thought that they had, but no, I was wrong on that. And uh, absolutely, they have not invested. And that's the issue. Yes, Fauzi Partey is still currently out right now, unfortunately. Ashim says, Cronkies doesn't have ambition to make Arsenal big again. I'm 99.9% sure we won't do anything significant now. They should work to bring in a right back and a centre mid at any cost. I agree. Tom Savol says, what is the likelihood of Arteta going with a 3-5-2? Very unlikely. Uh, Amli, oh, sorry, Ami. Oh, apologies if that's wrong. Uh, morning, Guna subs. Uh, Tom, what a day yesterday was. I thought we would go for a four to five seasons without losing to Man United. <laughs> yeah, it's looking increasingly unlikely with the squad that they are building. Um, by the way, uh, and this is a shout out to Mike Yama. Uh, you are my Arsenal Mike. I don't agree with you <laughs> on your Ronaldo points of view. I, I just, for me, uh, it's to. to to, I, I think it's naive, is in the most polite way possible, to to think that Ronaldo will not score. He scored everywhere. His goal record at Juventus at the age of thirty four to thirty six is still insane. Like he will score goals. It's Ronaldo. But Mike, if you're watching, um, I'm sorry. I saw your tweets. I just don't. I can't get on board with not being worried by it. I just can't be on board with it. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. 
Um, just an interesting tweet from David Ornstein about Manchester City's con Man English football in the city of Manchester. Putting all allegiances, this is David Ornstein, putting all allegiances to one side, this is a magnificent, a really fitting tribute to a couple of great footballers and even better human beings who have made an enormous contribution, often in very difficult circumstances, to a club, English football, and the city of Manchester. This is in relation to David Silva and Vincent Company having statues put outside of the club. Um, Look, I think it's. I think absolutely those two should have statues because they are the modern legends of Manchester City. Absolutely, Arsenal are a club with a lot more history. But I mean, if you were to say in the last fifteen years, now maybe that's too harsh because that includes Thierry Henry still. But you know, in the last ten years, would any player have a statue outside the Emirates in say ten years' time? No. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. And that's maybe Alexis Sanchez, if he'd ever stayed, uh, you know, and stayed with us, he could have ever been in line. You never know. But no. Santi Cazorla, look, I love Santi Cazorla, Wes. I love Santi Cazorla. He is an incredibly talented, elegant, amazing footballer. But the problem is, is that he was in period. He wasn't as good as a Burkamp, let's be real. He wasn't as good as an Henri in raw quality. He wouldn't have a statue. I wished he'd have played during a period where, you know, um, he'd have played during that time. But uh, yeah, I love Santi Cazorla. He is my favourite player of this period, of the modern era, of the 2010s forward. But yeah, uh, it just wouldn't. Ramsey, I consider Ramsey a bit of a modern legend just for winning us two FA Cups, but not enough of a legend at the club to... Um, to garner a statue. It's just different level. The word legend is just far too broad anyway. Far, far, far too broad. Uh, RM Yoyo Torre gave City their first two titles under Mancini and Pellegrini. He does have a mural, to be fair, at the academy, um, but I think there were some issues as to why he didn't get a statue. I think <laughs> if you watch the, or I think it's the all or nothing uh, sort of things, I think that goes into a little bit of it. But there you go. Anyway, we're going to finish the show off there. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. I'll be back at six, just after six o'clock tonight to react to Arsenal's game against Manchester City. I'm covering the game for FL today, so I will not be around straight after the game. But make sure you tune in around 6 p.m. and uh, we'll be reacting to the Manchester City result, whatever it is. Fingers crossed we can get something in the game. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as it always is. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.